Yeah, well, World of Warcraft lost players because they were like changing the game so much. Yeah. That they had to bring back Classic WoW. Yeah, <laughs> I, I played it extensively at university and I yeah. definitely shouldn't have it ruined my life. Mm. Um, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> fucking love it, but I'm a I bitch. I World of Warcraft. Hello, folks, and welcome to an episode of Hey Brew. I don't know why I did it like that. Um, <laughs> this is a podcast about the kind of stories that you tell after a couple in the pub. You know, there's anecdotes like, do you guys ever hear about such and such? Or do you guys know what blood blah, blah, blah is? That sort of shit. That's basically. the exact energy, actually. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that is literally, oh, what it, I was trying to explain to somebody and they were like, oh, so it's this, but you're pissed. And I was like, yes, it is that, but we're pissed. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was. I always think of it as Drunk How Stuff Works, which is a good podcast. That is really apt. Um and you and this is already derailing our own intro uh, a, a new podcast I've gotten to recently is called We're Not Fucking Historians I thought you were going to say that that's great I, to, I, to, I told you about that yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it yesterday they're like us but focused specifically on Irish history it's, it's fucking great so funny anyway um, back to the intro if we can bump their numbers maybe they can do us a favour <laughs> yeah I mean they've already got a network it's fine yeah my name is Elliot my name is Mike wicked we hadn't even done that nah holy shit that was that was the only bit of the intro left okay good yeah, no, don't I, worry about it I thought I'd just completely rammed rammed it off the road there very unlike us with our intro i know mm. i know we're usually so fucking polished we're slick that's what people always yeah. say about us because people are always talking about us yes that's the other thing yes yes they uh, are dear you should be too dear listener not you oh I was, like, I was like i do a bit yeah um, i don't want to do about this <laughs> shameless self-promotion yes you're right i should yes uh mike yes do you drink beer I do. Johnny, do you play baseball? Um, what is that's, that from? Uh, do you remember those like redubbed G.I. Joe think cartoons from the mid-2000s? No. How have you not seen these? I never watched G.I. Joe for one. No, nah, me neither. So basically the end of every episode of G.I. Joe used to end with like a little like moral cutout bit. Right. It's like a, either like a public safety announcement kind of thing. Okay. And it would be like, and it would end with a knowing is half the battle. And they'd be like, G.I. Joe. Okay. And in the mid 2000s, this guy took a load of those and redubbed over them. So if you ever see on the internet, just like someone commenting pork chop sandwiches when something's on fire. Oh my um, God, what? But there's one where, like, <laughs> it's a one that I quote a lot, which is suck my dust, bitch. Um, <laughs> that, is, that sounds like a very you statement. Yes. Um, I said the other day, I was in the car with Katie and something happened. And I was like, haha, suck my dick, world. And I was just like, <laughs> don't know where that came from, but I really felt it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'll show uh, you some of those afterwards because right. the one I'm referencing is very funny. Okay. The uh, Johnny, do you play baseball? But yeah, Mike, have you drank any good beers? Uh, yes, well, it, it, it would this feel... This is really derailing. Yeah, <laughs> it would feel silly if I didn't start with the uh, Surrender to the Void that, that I... Fucked. That I won off you. Um, I'm so salty the about chocolate that. miso black sesame, uh, big old double imperial stout nonsense beer. I was with Katie, who also <laughs> loved that beer. When I told her you were drinking it, and she's like, "How's he finding it?" I was like, "Challenging." She's like, mm. "I mean, I'll, I'll I'll get to that." So like, we, we've had a few colder days uh, in the been last delightful. Yeah, in the last week, it's been a, it's been a welcome reprieve here in Melbourne. Um, and I, I was I was hanging out playing some playing some video games and I was like I'm gonna get cozy with it I'm gonna get cute with it I'm gonna get a big dark beer sick um, so I cracked that finally um, it basically put me to sleep in this chair 
Um, but yeah, it like it's it's got. I laced it. You cannot deny that beer has a lot going on. By tips. Yeah, like the 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 first sip, all I got was miso, and it was just yeah. immediately confronting. I was like, oh no, what what is this beer? I, <laughs> I think it's brilliant for it though. That oh, miso yeah. is such an interesting. Do you want to read the name of it again? Uh, yeah, it was it was like uh, chocolate miso and black sesame. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like yeah immediate hit of miso and then the more i got into it the more those other flavors started to come through and that that's why when i text you i was basically saying like there's a lot going on yeah it's not to say i didn't like it it just made me think about things a bit oh, more yeah you know? <laughs> it's 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 a challenging it's so oh my god i didn't see the wankiest thing Go one on. of our missions when starting hey brew was to talk about beer in non-wanky ways yes this is an advanced beer drinker's beer if ever i've had one i, th- I think like and this this will sound snobby to really appreciate everything that it's doing yeah having that having like a bit of experience with dark beers probably helps yeah because otherwise you'll take that first sip and be and just think this tastes like fucking soup what is going on here if you're the kind of person that drinks five pints of guinness on st patrick's day and that's come your dark out. beer come hang out well i mean yeah <laughs> but, but that's your dark beer experience then this beer is gonna just melt your face i don't know i, I, I can see that being being an entryway yeah, but Guinness isn't that complicated. It's no, good. It's yeah. Fuck, I love Guinness. Fuck, I might go for a pint of Guinness. God. Not today. It's too warm. I don't know, man. Nice ice cold Guinness. Yeah, you are British. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes, this, uh, this soupy dark beer. I was like, I don't even know what that means. The Irish really don't like us. But then I was like, the English really do like pretending they're Irish. Yeah, <laughs> they, they love drinking their beers. Yeah. But yes, this beer, I enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah. I'd have been gutted if you'd had a bit oh, no. and you were like, I got to sing Paul this, bro. Yeah. I, I will say the ping pong tournament next door is going off again. Um, but <laughs> I thought that was the statement. No, that was out there. Yeah, um, just, just in case anyone else hears that coming through the microphones today. Uh, I, I don't know that I would get another can of it. I'm glad that I experienced it. I thought you'd had that before. You no, had their other Into the Void. No, I had, I've had. i had the Rocky Road one, which was, I think, the one before this. Mm. And then whatever the the initial one was like some boysenberry cheesecake nonsense. Or yeah, something like that. I remember that. I that was that the too. first one. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I would probably lean more towards the sweet ones because this was just like very umami for like the first half of it. Mm. Not bad, again, but not usually what i reach for in a big stout that's fair yeah. it is it is a beer that when i drank it i found another one and immediately purchased it without thinking because i loved it so yeah. much um, but onto <sighs> that's, that's why i was so hurt i know losing it to you. Hey, you shouldn't have put it on the table gamble responsibly yeah folks <laughs> and also as someone with i can't remember what gambling oh i do remember gambling about as someone with a notoriously shockingly bad memory yeah why on earth did i think yeah. I will gamble on yeah. this. Why don't you put up something you've got a six pack of? Anyway, um, some other things I've had uh, more recently because I went to Purvis uh, on Friday, uh, so two days ago. Um, had another Dainton beer that I that I'd not tried, which oh, yeah. is their Flamingo Pink Lemonade Sour. Ooh, I it's like that. delightful. Um, very very refreshing. Um, yeah, you know, pink lemonade's not a strong flavor, and it's a sour, so you get like that little bit of lemon flavor. Yeah, pretty little, chill. A lot of thirst quenching. It's very nice. Got um, a lot of thirst in me, so yeah. yeah. And then one from Akasha. A uh, good brewery. Yeah, uh, the Lime Zest Goza. Mm. Again, very nice, refreshing. Yeah, big time. Citrus kind of sour. 
Uh, Gotta say, I really like. They did a rebrand a couple of years ago. I liked their old branding. Their current branding also banging. I think it looks yeah, really dude, cool. Like that's that's the art from the can. Yeah, it's like nice. this nice this nice green. The font work on it's real real pretty. It looks like a seventies prog rock album. I was album. gonna say something <laughs> like that. It um, looks like he's driving around in a van with a wizard on the side. Yeah, yeah, it does a lot. Uh, <laughs> I want one so bad. I've got some in the fridge. We'll have one after. I'm in a van with a wizard on the side. I've got one in the fridge. We can have one after. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, my cool van. Uh, and then the last one I've got here um, that I that I had yesterday actually um, from co-conspirators. It's a new one. It's the Fall Guy. Mm. It's a double Nipa. Ooh. Uh, and when I bought it, the guy at the shop was like, "Geez, these are cheap for eight percent." I was like, well, "You put it out there." <laughs> I'll take four. <laughs> he just rang up a single for a four pack and he's like, hmm. Yeah, no. Eight dollars. He'd, right. he'd like literally put them on the shelf about an hour before I grabbed them. Yeah, sick. And even he was like, oh, oh well. Uh, Do you mind if I ask how much it is? Because I might go slap some uh, grab some off. I think it was like, you know, eight, nine bucks, something like that. Something for a four pack? No, per can. Oh. No, he was going on the per can price. Gotcha. Um, no, I mean, some, yeah, even yeah. so that's pretty cheap. Yeah. For, for an eight, eight something percent beer. Co-conspirators, fantastic brewery. We still need to get to their pub. Well, friend of the show, mm. Phil. Uh, Phil. Let's just say Phil. I forgot his surname. Does it matter? It does. Amy Brandenmeyer's partner. Husband, Phil. Mm, uh, Phil McCann. I, do you know, his surname begins with an M. This is, I feel really rude because he's really nice and I feel very bad. We've, the, the Tim Man Beer. Yes. I've got to look. I'm really sorry. Yes. No, I know which Phil you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Mackay. I was yes. like, it's Muck. And I was like, it's not Kraken because that's going, a joke. I was going for McCann for the beer joke. Yeah. And I was like, it's somewhere around this. Phil McKay um, said he went there mm. and he was like, beer's excellent. Really sterile environment. Oh, like. He's like, it's just no atmosphere. Oh. It's like, there's an, it, I was like, that's very disappointing because I went to. Actually, I guess I'll. I'll, Are you done? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I I went to Alchemy Brewing recently, and I was like, "Nice brewery." The beers were very average. I thought. Right. Right. Yeah. I think you mentioned this last time. I I can say I think I did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fair play. So I drank quite a lot of Bodriggy last night. Spiky juice on tap at the tote. That's a fine choice. Yeah. Was that a gig at the tote? It was a good, good night. Good night. Okay. Um. And um, so yeah, Specky is fantastic. Cosmic mm. Microwave is a fantastic beer by them as well. I Neither, love that. Yeah. Right? yeah. Now that's a nice brewery. Yeah. Their, yeah, their food also oh, incredible, which is great because stomping around the corner, also a lovely brewery, also fantastic beers. Their food very average. I always just get the burger, and it's exactly what I want it to be. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the yeah, pizzas are not bad. Yeah, they're okay. I think. But yeah, Bod- Bodriggy's better. Bodriggy's food like, is just top notch. I don't know what the menu's like now, but the thing that will stick in my mind is one, like a Japanese ceviche thing that we got. Mm. And then these like sweet potato fries. And they've like, I don't know, put salt on the outside of them before, before they fried them because they've got this really oh. crunchy, crispy exterior and then Sick. super soft in the middle. Could be double fried. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, I'm quite hungry now. Fuck. Um, I stopped and got a McDonald's coffee on the way and I almost bought nugs and I was like, I don't need nugs right now. I needed nugs. Um, but yeah, so over the week, it has been my anniversary week. So I was away mm-hmm. for a few days yes. and I went to Jetty Road Brewing down uh, yes. on the peninsula. I've not had much of their stuff, but I've seen them around a lot. I I I think with Jetty Road, everything I've had, I've been like, this is great. Actually, no, I think I went there on a, like, 
Nice was, razzle was, trip. No, I was like staying out down there for for a friend's stag do, and I think we we hit a couple of breweries out that way. I think we stopped there. Actually. Yeah, it's a huge place, right? It's pretty massive. Yeah. yeah, they've got shuffleboard upstairs. You can play. Okay, we didn't do that, but yeah, yeah I think we stopped there for like one beer. Yeah. We, oh, you might come to Andrews. It's jai fucking enormous. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, TJ went there recently, and he said it was just unbelievably large yeah, yeah. jetty road's a, a decent size yeah um but we went there on a wednesday night and it was open at a brewery on a wednesday night so we we're pretty happy mm. every beer we had was great everyone was really nice friendly and stuff the food was good too yeah and then um <clears throat> yeah i just we, we ended up taking seven beers back with us and having going through those the next couple of nights so that yeah. was good um yeah, yeah they, they've got one called um chlorophyll more like brorophyll that's the whole name of the beer yes why <laughs> what is brorophyll i think it's just like a bro like a broham lincoln thing i don't, but, know. I don't um, know if i like that it, it made me laugh a lot okay. and it was really quite delicious okay uh, they've also got dank and stormy which is their dark ipa which was good okay um All but right. yeah that was really good so right. but i'm going to talk slightly off the beer track because mm. what i spent most of my time and money and efforts at this week was i was at um 10 minutes by tractor winery oh um all right and that's what we were doing for my anniversary and i had the single most expensive meal i've ever had in my life uh-huh and paired with wines i did between the wine tastings and the paired wine with the meal i drank 22 glasses of wine over that day <sighs> fuck me um <laughs> thankfully because their tastings is that they're not like full glasses okay. but, okay. but with the meal they're always not quite full but like fairly standard size good yeah. size glasses so we drank a lot of wine but yeah the single most expensive meal i've ever had and definitely in my top three things i've ever eaten in my life okay maybe number one wow um wow. i cannot recommend it enough okay. we had the five course tasting menu yeah and we had paired wines and the paired wine flight was 185 dollars each it was fuck unbelievably okay. expensive okay. but <laughs> yeah like if you've got a special thing coming up and you can drop the best part of for, okay. <laughs> for two people. Elliot told me the amount off mic and that's a bit. Yeah. We had a voucher. Yeah. But it was still a yeah, lot. Yeah. Well, we, we did. We like did the View to Mon thing beginning of last year. Same sort of thing. Um, and very expensive again. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that, that was like a, uh, I think it was like a $300 a head set menu s- session. That, that's yeah. And then when you get there, you still have to, pay for the drinks yes because it's not part of it yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah they're, they're, i get it they're in similar realms and, and yeah but yeah my god it was good mike honestly the Dude. stuff the stuff i was eating and the the, the the wines i was drinking the guy brought out the first one so a man after my own heart noah our french uh, uh sommelier starts out it's like hello my name is noah that's n-o-a-h i was like didn't mean to know that but appreciate that thank yeah. you um, i'm taking notes yeah uh, no ah uh, yeah um and he's like uh, first wine i'll have for you is uh, this was uh, picked very early in the harvest so it's a much more mild flavor blah 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 not too sweet did he actually just go blah 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 no he was very professional and told <laughs> okay. us and he's like but i'd like to play a game with you you'll oh. drink the one and when i come and take the glass away i don't know why he's suddenly become one of the guys from hello hello yeah when i take the glass away i want you to tell me how strong you think this wine is this and is also was, like a monty python character yeah it's a fat in your uh, yeah pass wine in your general direction so like we, we had that as like with our starter which right. was a rock filled with flowers and <laughs> moss and puffed rice and yeah, okay. goat's cheese and it was incredible okay okay um and then he came and took the glass away he's like so how strong do you think this one was i was like oh, i think it's pretty 
because it was early harvest, probably didn't have you know much sugars in there and stuff like that. Maybe it's like quite light, eight nine percent. It's like nah ha ha. It was fourteen percent. It's like that's the start of the meal. Silly English <laughs> yeah. nigget. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So yeah, and it all went very uphill from there. But we'd had like fantastic a tasting flight, and then we were like, and uh, she's like, well, you've got like half an hour before your meal. Do you want another one? We were like, another flight. Yeah. Oh my. So we had two more. And then we went to pay. And she's like, no, no, your flights are included because you're dining here. And we're like, <laughs> uh, I think you've found the exploit. We had six each for the first flight and then three Chardonnays and three Pinot Noirs for the oh second my flights. Goodness. So yeah, it was a good time. But then we went back the next day and spent a lot of money on takeaway wine. Yeah. So okay. They did all right out of us. Yeah. It's like, um, there's a Dominic Porte, the French winery out that way. Oh, yeah. Um, out there, Yarra Valley, like, Every time I go there, I have to get something because it's just incredible. But again, not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's once in a blue moon. Yeah, it's, not, it's it? not something I do often. Yeah, um, you're not just like standing order. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I live in the suburb where people do this, but like not driving out to Yarra Valley in a convertible every weekend. Yeah. God knows that is a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in a convertible. Drove TJ's MX5 around Dalesford once. That okay. was sick. I had the uh, the option when I was I was in like an Airbnb in San Francisco when I was over there for work one year, um, and the guy I was staying with. Uh, he had a convertible. It might have been a Viper, and he was like, "I'm going to the Napa Valley. Do you want to come?" Unfortunately, I had plans that day, and I was like, "Fuck, you know I want to." What did you end up doing that day? I don't remember. That's what makes it worse. I, I can say, like, remember was it, it as good as you it. think it would have been? No. Oh, it's such a shame. Yeah. But I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Sometimes. But it's like, it's like the thing that I always say with the gym and the gig that I couldn't really ask that I went to last night. Mm. You'll almost certainly regret not doing it. Oh, yeah. And it's very unlikely you're going to regret doing it unless yeah. something terrible happens. Yeah. I, I generally try to live that way, but I, I yeah. don't know what it was. I just didn't so, go. Yeah if, yeah. if you've got plans, and especially if you made a commitment to someone, you can't be like, sorry, mate, something really wicked came up. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. With certain people, I think I could pull that. But this. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, if, if you turn around to me and be like, hey, I can't record today. Or, hey, we can't go to the brewery today because someone's offered to take me to the Arrow Valley in a Viper. Even if you said, like, yeah. <laughs> in a drop top jag, I'd be like, yeah, peace. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Take we'll photos. Later. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, shall we? Yes. Let's uh, let's get into this beer mm. um, before we actually get to the story. We're already fucking half an hour into this. Oh shit. Ah, fuck it. It's fine. It's a Sunday, isn't it? In it. Um. So for today, um, I've got a little adroit theory beer. I think yeah. we spoke about them last time. I said it was my uh, brewery of twenty twenty one. Well, which is an award that I made up just now. Let's see if this becomes your 2022 joint as well. Um, so the only adroit theory beer I've had is the one you got me, mm. which was a very boozy kind of stout. <laughs> yeah, it was hackers. It was amazing. Um, but this is called Illusion of Safety. It is a Goza, and the uh, ingredients listed under that are lychee, Mad. passion fruit, mango, and white chocolate. It sounds like a really delicious. It um, really does. Gelato. Yeah, or you had the the Whitaker's white chocolate, the white stout, right? Yeah, the Garage Project one. Yeah, that kind of was what I first thought of when I saw white chocolate. Maybe yeah. it's like that. Anyway, let's uh, let's crack it open. Let's do it. Give it a go, and then we can talk about it. I would also say for an Adroit Theory beer, only one point eight standard drinks. Yeah, it's four point five percent. That is that is insane. I know. These mics are so directional. 
Like I yeah. pointed that vaguely in your direction and picked that up. Mm. Oh my god, the color on this. As it was coming out. Oh, there's lactose in it, by the way. Oh yeah, That's no, that, that explains the the thickness at which it poured. Well, I was going to say like it sort of was changing color as it was coming out of the can. Like it started out quite yellow, and then it's become very orange. And I don't mean yeah. like you know sometimes we talk about like oh with a Dnieper or a hazy, we're like oh it's like orange juicy. This looks like a, a like a almost reddish cocktail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like carrot juice, mango. There's mango in it. Yeah, fair play. This is this is like if you've got something that is just pure mango juice. It's not like orange juice which would lighten that color up a yeah. bit um oh it looks so good good god oh yeah let's just let's get amongst this i'm frothing at it i've had little sleep and i'm a little hungover and i'm starving and this just looks like health to me oh my fuck <laughs> holy fucking shit okay i'm just gonna say something <laughs> i think we just got cans of juice have you had weiss ice creams yes <laughs> the mango cream one they're like sorbet kind of thing or yeah no, yeah they're yeah, like the I, bars I where it's orange and white yeah another one it's a bit like that but yes. more yeah oh my god so this is amazing i am tasting a my lot of mango shaking. i don't know if it's related to the beer or the beers from last yeah, night no. like okay tasting a lot of mango first a huge huge the, the it's it is very smooth in the mouth which is probably coming from the lactose it's very it just sits in there it's cozy <laughs> Do you want to just say penis or not? <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, apparently not. This beer is throbbing its way down my throat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a real vein of... Uh, mm. Actually, that I will say... Real vein of white chocolate. The, uh, the, the passion fruit element right at the end. You've yeah. got that little tartness of the passion yeah. fruit. Yeah. The lychee I can't taste, but I can... like. There's real hints of, like you know the lychee's there, but you can't like, pick it out. Yeah, because it's quite a light flavour. Yeah. I like lychees. Yeah. They're really tasty. Yeah. The white chocolate, not so much. I assume it's in there. Yeah, I assume. I think we're getting a lot of the white chocolate from the lactose element. Yes. Um, Gently roused before serving, according to the... Oh, uh, my thingy. God. Okay, so so as as is Adroit Theory's habit, we've got some pairings on the back. I fucking love this. I'm going to read through these. So for food, we've got a Cuban pastelito de guayaba cheese. Fresco Manchego. I love Manchego. Yeah, I could see that. One of my favorite cheeses. Cigar. Villiga Sandoro Colorado Robusto. Nice, nice. And Oh, my favorite. The music pairing by legitimately one of my favorite bands, the album Periphery 2 by Periphery. So I did the music pairing with one of these once, and I discovered a band that I really like Yeah, now. okay. Um, do that you, that do is wanna... a really interesting pairing because they're a very, like, heavy metal kind of band it's a very heavy metal kind of brewery to be well, fair yeah but this beer i don't know maybe yeah what's the uh, blurb on this thing? oh yeah i didn't even read that why don't you give us that <clears throat> in my slightly hungover voice yeah please the illusion of safety or should we say the mirage that is our existence oh no day in and day out never deviating from the numbing routine of eat work sleep repeat living in complete delusion that material possessions matter that money, power, and status denote our individual worth, battling the constant gravitation towards the inevitable. 
our empty luggage of a carcass, void of meaning, strewn across a deserted highway, the shell we once knew, now a home for the carrion birds. Yeah, but have you ever been to the Napa Valley in a Viper? It doesn't say that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, Jesus, that's metal. God, I love this brewery so yeah. much. It's, it's all my goth dreams could ever die. Yeah, this is like the second beer I've ever had from them, and they are quickly rising through the ranks. That's so good. <laughs> Fucking hell. If only I ever had the desire to go to Virginia, I would visit Purcell. I probably wouldn't, actually. No. Oh, my God, look at it. It's like got waves of different... You can see... Like sediment from, yeah. the, from the fruits. Mm. God. Okay, shall we get back in? Yes. I didn't mean to like... Yeah, yeah. You want to hear about the story for today? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. All right, we like cars. We've spoken about cars before. We do like cars. We do. We spoke about cars on this episode already. Yes, we have. Well, we're going to continue to. Sick. Today, we're going to talk about... Not well, not really the illusion of safety uh, when it comes to cars, but the history of safety features nice. in cars. Some of this you'll probably know. Um, I'm hoping some of it you don't, because otherwise, very boring episode. I'm going to just get it out of the way early. At some point, I'm going to say safe, and that's going to be amusing to me. Okay. So those of you listening along at home, uh, get out your counters now. Uh, keep keep tally of how many times Elliot says safe. If you're playing Hebrew bingo. Yeah, you're going to die. Which is this in a Simpsons reference, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we've had one yet. No. We almost certainly have, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. It'll come. Uh, yes. Um, so, to start with, the car has actually been around longer than I think I realized. Um, the, the first automobile uh, able to transport people around was a steam-powered unit back in 1769. Just we quite a while back. I think talked about that on land speed records. We might have, but I've forgotten. <laughs> I think I just listened to that episode again recently. Okay, that might do it. Uh, yeah, built by Nicholas Joseph Cugnot, or Kuno, I'm not sure. C-U-G-N-O-T. Cugnot. <laughs> Cugnot. Sounds a little bit like That's the, very close. the word we can't say. Um I don't know if you like I, I looked at a picture of this thing it's got three wheels two at the back one at the front and then hanging off the front is this big ass steam boiler it's like it looks like this giant pot that they just join yeah, right. boiling water in to power it yeah sick it doesn't look great <laughs> it could do six miles an hour uh it was only able to hit about 10 kilometers an hour or less that is six miles yeah, an hour i feel good nail on the head there um but yeah i'd, I'd they, they didn't really need safety features, nor had they invented them yet at the time. It was basically just like two long metal rods with a platform and a chair on top of it. Yeah. It was and And still, bones. women could not travel at such horrifying speed lest they oh. become infertile. Foreshadowing, are we? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh. So, cars continued to develop over the next 100 years or so, adding power, comfort, actual shelter for the people traveling in them, not just leaving them open to the elements. Just an umbrella. Get a little carriage. Well, you could have an umbrella, but you still got to do all the levers and shit. It's true. Um, in the 1880s, we got our first real safety feature in the form of headlamps. Huh. Yeah. Uh, these were the sorts of things used on horse-drawn buggies, which involved burning uh, acetylene or kerosene gas. Uh, and then that's in front of a, a mirrored reflector. Yeah. Which is basically how headlights used to work up until LEDs became a prevalent thing. I mean, they still work like that. Yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah, they um, still have like the, LED, the mirrored cone behind it. Yes. Yeah. Focus. I mean, 
the fact they were like, we have them on buggies, and it's like, well, there's a new car, and they were like, yeah, 100 years, and we'll yeah, do it you'll, then. You'll be fine. We've still got, yeah. we, we got street side lamps. It'll be enough, right? Yeah. Especially in Melbourne, the world's first electric light city. Is it really? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, well, 1898, first electric headlight as an option on the Columbia electric car. That was just the name of the car. I don't know. It's not the manufacturer. It's just the name of the model. Mad that's an electric car. Yeah, I know. Um, I think this definitely came up in the land speed record thing. Electric cars have been fucking around for ages, it turns yeah. out. Um, people going like, oh, no, the electric car will never take off. We need, we need gas cars. Like We had these first, actually. They just weren't I mean, very good for a long time. I guess like they were correct until now. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, the electric headlights were not a standard feature um, sort of across the industry or even for that manufacturer. Uh, and it would take some time before they took off generally, mainly due to the filaments and the bulbs uh, not lasting very long. Mm. You know, early stage technology, it's brittle. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they had to be replaced often and then re- producing the parts for them was actually really difficult and expensive. Yeah, fair so enough. So, they didn't do a lot of it for a while. Um, jumping ahead a few years to 1901. I, can I say, I also love that. I wish more safety was like that. It's like, mm, it's a lot safer. It is a little expensive and fiddly, though, so that's not... Yeah, let's just wait. It's the TVR car company... Oh, my God. Uh, ...method of production. There was uh, a thing um, in one TVR of the old... TVR in ages. Well, there's Trevor. One of the old... Yeah, fantastic name. One of the old TVRs had, like, um, like reverse scoops above the wheel arch, um, and it used to flick stones up through the scoops and smash the windscreen. Oh, my God. And... <laughs> Basically, someone at the factory sort of looked at it and went, hmm. That won't do. It's terrible. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's, <laughs> put them let on, it, let's put them on more things. Just let it go. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't uh, know why they went defunct. Yeah, well, well, they got bought by, what, some Russian company, wasn't it? A Russian billionaire, yeah. yeah. that's right. I don't know how they're doing now. They keep putting out cars. Do they? I think so. They keep showing up in, like, video games that I play that have modern cars in them. You mean Forza, don't you? Yeah. And then there's a new Grand Turismo coming soon. Had the Cerberus Speed 12 on that. Anyway, anyway. Yes. So 1901. And guess what? It's the speedometer for the first time in an Oldsmobile. Damn, I didn't know Oldsmobile was that. Oldsmobile is a great name, by the way, for a car manufacturer. I love Oldsmobile. And the other one's Studebaker. Studebaker. I just wish they were both still around. They got swallowed by GM or something. Yeah. Yeah, Shame. one of those that ended up under GM yeah. in the end. Um, but yeah, up until that point, nobody had any, any idea just how fast they were going, officer. Um, <laughs> a couple of years later. <laughs> it's like, this could be 300 miles an hour. And there's yeah. like a, an old man trotting alongside you. Yeah, we don't know how fast anything is because everything's very slow. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it more or less fast than a horse? <laughs> That's the measure. That's still how it works. It's horsepower, I guess. Yeah, but a, a horse is like 1.6 horsepower. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends which horse. Yeah. Shetland pony. Yeah. Might be like a 0. 0.8. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the derailment episode. Yes, it really is. Uh, so a couple of years later, 1903, and Alabama resident Mary Anderson files a patent for the windscreen wiper. Hmm. Which just made me think, what the fuck were they doing until then? To keep rain off. Just leaning out with a cloth. Probably. Like a squeegee or a... Yeah. I don't know. Probably a cloth. We've all done stuff like that before. Like lent out to try and like clean yeah. something off. I remember a lot work. like living back in Christchurch, which gets really cold in the winter enough to like frost windshields. And oh, like yeah. All the weird 
fucking rituals you would have to learn to like defrost a windshield properly mm. to not have it just immediately come back yep Ugh. yeah like running your air con in the winter sucks <laughs> having to like layer up so that you can do that yeah oh man i need more beer mm. this is a just delicious drop uh. god damn i might have to go get more picking the same yes uh so 1914 jumping ahead a little bit uh at this point i will stress i'm not going to cover literally every safety feature that has ever existed <laughs> all nine of them well no there's more than that yeah uh so 1914 the first traffic signal shows up oh my word cleveland, uh, cleveland ohio yeah i suppose that makes sense um, but it's not the like the three color light system that we're used to nowadays um it was basically just like what looked like a sign that would light up in green the word move and then red the word stop yeah that yeah. was it I can believe that yeah um, and then it was some oh I was sure it was going to be like the old timey ones like move desist moving <laughs> halt yeah it would be halt yeah yeah uh, so five years later 1919 and the first four way three color traffic light system shows up in Detroit Michigan the Motor City a Motown <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they've been around for quite a while. What, what year was that? Nineteen nineteen. Oh damn! Yeah, that's a hundred years. Yeah, I can't really imagine looking back at like nineteen nineteen, yeah. seeing like a proper traffic light. Yeah. For some reason, that feels like there should be a policeman in the middle of the road directing traffic. There probably was. Yeah, because Americans hate roundabouts. The most efficient intersection. Mm. God, I love roundabouts. They're so good. They're so. Except when there's more than two lanes and then it's a nightmare. Um, only because other people suck. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's me driving all the time. Yeah. Other people are other the Other people suck. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Headrests designed to reduce whiplash during collisions. God, I forget that they're a safety feature. Yeah. Invented in 1921, but wouldn't start to appear in cars until quite a number of years later, which we'll come back to. I can't even imagine what the seats were like back then. Uh, they were like a lot of them were like bench seats in yeah, the front really with like point. quite a low basically like without the headrest that would come yeah. up to sort of you know just below the top of your shoulders yeah mad yeah <laughs> oh man that was just how things were it's like when you watch Mad Men every time they're in a car and they're just like yeah one smoking and two like the kid is just like crawling around on the bench seat in the back and you're yeah. just like yeah this feels awkward yeah or like the bench seat in the front you could just reach over and fucking smash the, the brake or something yeah if you really wanted to wild huh uh, so we're moving forward to 1927. Things are starting to heat up now with Ford adding laminated safety glass uh, for the windscreens of the Model T uh, to ensure that it would stay in one piece if it got damaged. So before that, they would just fucking shatter. Right. What year was that? 1927. Friend of the show and previous guest, mm. Jordan Tinker, Yeah. when he was doing the Jeep, he actually might mention it in the episode, had to break out the windscreen because it wasn't um mm. he needed to replace it yep thought it'd be safety glass hit it with something and it went into shards oh my god like big old like take you out shards Fuck. because the jeep did not use safety glass that's insane from 1994 i think it was yeah cool love that <laughs> thanks jeep jeep are the worst Fucking jerks um but yeah it, it wasn't until three years later that Ford made it a standard feature across all of their cars. This was just the Model T in 27. That's fair enough. I don't know that it is. <laughs> but I mean, like, how many other cars were they making at the time? That's a good point. 
I don't know when. <laughs> they make him just the Model T. And it's like, we're not going to make the standard across our whole range, just the Model T. He's like, is this another you can have it in any color but black kind of moment? You can have it in any color except that it will kill you because it doesn't have safety glass. Yes. You can have it in any color which you will see as you go flying through the windscreen. <laughs> Very briefly. Yeah. And then you're dead. For the record, by the way, that um, you can have it in any color as long as it's black thing was bullshit because they came in all kinds of colors. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Was it just like initially they were only black? I don't know. I think it's just a weird like fable that just yeah. appeared and it's not true. Like apocryphal, historical, That's the one, like yeah. retroactive yeah. tale. Thank uh, you, QI, for ruining all of those for me. Yeah, but also you get to be the guy at the party that's like, uh, that's actually wrong and here's why. As Hobbes says, Everyone quite regularly, guy. no one ever got called a legend for being technically correct. Yeah. Which I always counter with saying, spoken like someone who's wrong. Yes, it's very yeah. good. You wouldn't say that if you were right. Yes. Uh, okay, now, 1934, the first ever vehicle crash test. Wow, we, that's older than I expected. Yeah, conducted by General Motors using a 1929 Chevrolet. At this point, we're going to take a little detour into crash tests because um, they are a story unto themselves. Yeah. Uh, and there's some pretty dire side effects of how these get conducted that persist even to this day. So there's many form of crash tests, many forms, sorry, of crash tests, uh, designed to replicate various types of collisions to assess both how a car responds to them, but also how yeah. a, a person's body inside that car might deal with the forces yep. uh, being produced. So we've got pole impact, the side impact, rollover tests, and the more stereotypical front impact tests or mm -hmm. frontal impact tests. There's other ones as well, but those are the ones that I think, just on the name alone, people can immediately understand. Yeah. Um, the first test subjects were human cadavers. Uh, so literal dead Wild. bodies were fitted with accelerometers and other things strapped into cars and then put through frontal impact and rollover tests. Uh, one medical journal article titled Humanitarian Benefits of Cadaver Research on Injury Prevention uh, calculated that cadaver crash test research results in design changes that saved 8,500 lives annually. Yeah, fair play. So, like, not ineffective. I mean, I'm I'm one of those people that think that, you know, once you die, your body should re resort to the state. Like, so well, I don't have any issue with them using cadavers. It's funny you say that. There were, however some problems with this approach uh first is the tricky area of moral and ethical issues fuck them uh since they were unable to give consent to that testing it was a real it is a real thing when it comes to that that sort of stuff uh, dealing with human cadavers is incredibly difficult only if you tell people yeah well they were publishing it they had to they should have just put we used not cadavers, wink, wink. <laughs> we used kind of alive people. <laughs> people who were alive once. Oh, no. <laughs> what is time? Um, second uh, was also the fact that the majority of cadavers were adult males who had died nonviolent deaths. So they're not a representative sample of the entire yeah. population. So the results you get will favor one group. Uh, they could also only use a cadaver once, and since no two were the same, the results were unreliable, inconsistent, yeah. and eventually you just run out of suitable cadavers. Well, the good thing is, <clears throat> if you run out of cadavers, you can't make suitable changes, mm. so you'll soon have new cadavers. 
It's a very good and dark point. I thank Thanks. you for making it. Uh, the next step after that uh, was living volunteers. Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, not not in all forms of crash testing, mind you, um, and was by no means a widespread thing from what I could find. Um, but it was more that some researchers took it upon themselves to serve oh my God. as dummies for certain tests. Uh, hold your surprise until I give you an example of one of these. Uh, in 1954, U.S. Air Force Colonel John Paul Stapp got on top of a rocket sled, which took him over a thousand kilometers an hour before stopping in 1.4 seconds to test the effects of sudden deceleration on the human body. <laughs> in my head, when you said "got on top of," I pictured him just like no, he's on a chair, basically, on it, just like unhooked. strapped into a seat. I didn't imagine him strapped in, just like stood there, and he's like, as it stops, he's like. <laughs> That would be incredible. Yeah. Just maintaining a thousand kilometers an hour. Yeah, he just gets flung off. Bye. Wow. Yeah. What a lad. Obviously, using living volunteers was not sustainable either um, because there's only so much of so much force you could apply to a living person before you actually harm them. What were the what were the results of the one thousand kilometers an hour on his ginormous oh, I, brass balls? <laughs> I imagine they remained intact, sir. Yeah, I feel like they would. <laughs> they probably grew in size. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they also then moved on to animal testing. Um, I won't go into it because it's kind of fucked. Uh, but that went f- on from about the nineteen fifties all the way through the nineteen nineties. So yeah, this great. one's sadder. Yeah, that one's that one's not great. But don't worry. It gets worse. Oh, goody. Um, so the final stop on the crash testing detour is that of crash test dummies. And here's where the Simpsons reference is going to come in. Go on. Oh, you weren't just going to... No, I was going to drop it. Okay. There is a... I'll just... There's a, there's a great bit in the Simpsons where they do like a crash test dummy thing and they're like, mm. hey, that dummy's moving and you see him crawl away. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so without going into all of the different iterations of dummies over the years, because, you know, they they have one model and then they make changes and it's like there's a whole fucking article you could write about just that um they're essentially models of a human body fitted with various instruments to measure the forces applied to them during an accident since the 1970s uh the the main model that gets used uh targets a 50th percentile male form yep um meaning that it's yeah designed around the most average male form in terms of height mass and body proportion yep um, the Hybrid 3 dummy, which I think is still in use, which is from like 1976, I think, measures 175 centimeters tall, so almost as tall as me, and weighs about 78 kg. I just thought you were taller than that significantly. Oh, like 179. Oh. Yeah. I'm six foot in the morning. <laughs> I, I have this weird thing as well as being facially blind, because everyone is smaller than me. Mm. Everyone's the same height. Yes. Like, I don't know who's tall, who's small. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so 175 centimeters, 78 kg, fairly slender for a tall kind of man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the standard dummy for frontal impact tests. And yeah, been around since 1976. The female hybrid three dummy is a fifth percentile form, uh, but still based on the male body shape. I like the idea that they're like, yeah, it's actually like a one, a, a, a single percentile form. And they're like, why? And they're like, she's just really fucking sexy. <laughs> no, really, really small. We've got 163 centimeters tall and 77 kg. It's very small. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, not at all close to the, the actual average. 
Um, and that, that's kind of the, the crux of the issue with crash test dummies, but also the testing uh, devices used for things like stab vests, various forms of protective equipment, and many other things, uh, is that the, the, the devices built to design and test them, as well as the items themselves, are designed around average male form. Well, this is like, Katie and I were talking about issues around feminism in medicine mm. and the fact that like yep. women who undergo surgical procedures at the hands of men are 33% more likely to die. Yeah, but also even just the procedures themselves or the treatments themselves are designed, designed around men, yeah. that. And there was like some of the articles I found were like chemotherapy for cancer. Yeah, dosages right. around radiation and all that sort of stuff. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and more often than not, that is because there are literally no women in the room, which is, as far mm-hmm. as I know, the case with crash test dummies is there were no women on the design team, so it was only men that they designed for. What, it was 1954 in America or something? Yeah, and like the one that we use now was in 76. Yeah, so there were women, but they were in the typing pool, for example. Yeah, and, and also like... The a lot of the crash tests were done with the male dummy in the driver's seat. So things like yep. the steering column assessment, dashboard assessment, what does that do? Just not factored in. No. Like just not part of the data. No. Um there's there's a small glimmer of hope in that there are more accurate female dummies out there. They've been built, they're developing them further. They just actually still don't get used by the major testing facilities. Do you know also I just imagined that uh, my mind immediately cut you like they're more active uh, accurate female dummies being built not for this for <laughs> oh, other no. stuff okay yes that's that's coming up next it's a different sad episode i feel like yeah, i don't think or it's not. Sad. Well, not sad but it's just not for me not for this not for this no anyway um it's a very unsafe thing to be doing in your car it yes yes that that i will that i will get on board with <laughs> so that will get to no uh we shan't but yes that that's that's kind of the 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 brief the brief tour of crash test dummies yeah uh before we get back to the rest of the list yeah i like Um, i like a crash test dummy there's something amusing about the way they look do you remember the song "Mm, mm, mm, mm," by the crash test dummies well i was gonna say not only was there a band called the crash test dummies but do you remember that there was um, in the 90s, a cartoon and toys of crash test dummies. Yes. Oh, my God. I'd forgotten about this. Yeah. I, rem- I remember seeing toys and it was like a car that would crumple and then go back to its yeah. form. And the dummies would like spring-loadedly explode out of the car. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, is insanely fucked up. Dude, kids' toys back in like the 90s used to be wild. Fucking bananas. <laughs> Absolutely bananas. What do you want? A, you want a like spinning top with blades on it? Go nuts. Why don't you get two of them and make them destroy one another? Yeah. Beyblades eat your heart out. Let them fucking rip. Yes. Okay, so. Crash test dummies, detour over. A few more stops to go on this uh, road trip through car safety history. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, so, dialing the clock back a bit to 1939. Uh, Buick introducing turn signals for the first time as a standard feature, as opposed to hand signals. Yeah, which works great if you're turning left in america yes. or right in the uk and australia so fun fact i i was in someone's car back in high school where we had to hand signal because their signals were broken oh my god so that's so illegal yes <laughs> <laughs> but they would they, they were fine obviously indicating right and they needed someone in the passenger seat to indicate left otherwise they were like sticking their arm out and then up to go like oh i'm going this way god it's fucking nuts, man. The, um, Luckily, it was all like residential streets, so it wasn't 
too bad. Yeah, still, that's mad. Yeah. I know that, like, in the early 60s, like, they turn signals, the indicators on, like, the old Austin A30s. Instead of being a flashing light in the light cluster, what it was is a little thing that popped out the side. Oh, cute. Yeah, like yeah. little ears, so they got called Yogi Bears. That's adorable. Yeah. That's like pop-up up and down headlights, but for turning sideways. Oh, man. You, well, we both know um, how we should feel about pop-up and down headlights. There's, they a, rule. there's a song about it. Yeah, they rule. They're fucking wicked. Um, Have you seen those ones that go like this? What? Oh, like it doesn't just go like that. It's like the the frame flips over. The whole thing rotates. Yeah, yeah. Like the was it the Lamborghini Mirror? I yeah, think I think that, that had it. Yeah, the, the mirror was designed by someone who was seventeen. That rules. It's insane. I thought the Countach was designed by someone like that. That was I got a ruler. Seven. I got a ruler and some pens. Yeah. Let's go nuts. Um, my favorite headlights because you asked uh, yeah. for the Porsche. I think nine four four. Okay. Pop up headlights that go. This is not audio. Yeah. But instead of going up like this, they go. They rotate forwards. Yeah, they like yeah. they like lift over and up. Oh, weird! It's sick. It's like it's climbing a fence. Yeah. Okay. That, that that is it. It's like if if you if you put your hand listener like palm facing up, yeah, and then just face your palm away from yourself like that. Yeah. That's what they do. Like you're doing a basketball shot or a very camp wave. I wasn't gonna say it. Yeah. Well, I did. Uh, <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, and I know that because road safety laws are different in America for a while indicators used to be just flash the brake light they still are yeah but in in australia at least super illegal yeah so this is a thing actually that um i watched a youtube video unnecessarily about which was that yeah um indicator lights in the u.s are a red flashing light as part of the rear brake brake light cluster the brake light blah, blah, blah. um <laughs> whereas in the rest of the normal speaking world yes they are orange to indicate a different light. Yes. Um, and it just makes life what I would describe as safer. Yes. Um, just like using the turn signals. It lets other people know what you're doing. Oh, boy. Yes. Hey, Melbourne, Been seeing get some your that shit recently. together. Uh, okay, let's get away from this because I'm going to get real angry real fast if we don't. Yep. Uh, so, 1949 is a big one. Lap seatbelts introduced by American car maker Nash. Uh, Ford would get around to this six years later. And Saab three years after that in 1958. Um, and in the meantime, the first airbag patent got registered in 1951. This, yeah, is, right. just, this is the patent. Airbags themselves wouldn't show up. That's for a while. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's 70 years ago. Don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so, 1959. Put a pin in this one because Volvo shows up. Yeah, baby. I know this one. Volvo showing up in 1959 as the good guy car maker, introducing the first three-point seatbelt, mm -hmm. which is still the standard seatbelt today. Oh, yeah. Um, they also gave it an open patent, meaning that anyone was free to use it. Yeah. That's what everyone just fucking did. Yeah. Thank God. It's the smartest thing I think anyone in car manufacturing has ever done since the internal combustion engine. I would get on that. Yeah. yeah. And I think the quote from Volvo in a Swedish accent was um, fuck yes it's uh, more of a gift to humanity than it's worth painting thing yeah um, yeah fuck and I was like I saw that and I was like good guys Volvo yeah. I love Volvo dude spoiler alert Volvo shows up a bunch in this list oh yeah and well, by, the, by the end of writing this maybe want to buy a Volvo not Vol gonna lie Volvo's are sick you should buy one they're awesome it's one of my favorite cars I've ever owned uh, but I will say uh they were just a byword for safety for yeah. ever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then also 1968, they introduced headrests as a standard feature. Yeah, right. And then I wrote, Volvo are the tits. Volvo are the tits. They are the tits. Also, the Volvos of that era 
Oh, amazing. It's just big boxes with wheels yeah. on them. That and the <laughs> P1800E, which was a dog shit car, but one of the most beautiful cars ever made. Okay. I, d- I don't know it. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um, Roger so, Moore drove one in the Saint. Getting off the uh, the Volvo love wagon for a minute. Um, <laughs> the first anti-lock braking system brought out by Chrysler in 1971. Yeah, right. Uh, with their, quote, sure brake system on a Chrysler Imperial. I just, I just like, I think, I think sure brake is a good name for that. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, in the same year, Australia made wearing a seatbelt compulsory for drivers and passengers. This is where you start to see the main article I used as reference for this show its bias. It was the RAC, Western Australia's like automotive organization. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the Royal Australia, Royal Automotive Club. Yeah. Um, we have it in the UK as well. I assume we have it in NZ, RAC, NZ or something. Uh, AA. Auto- automobile association you have that in the uk but yeah rec is recv here yes. obviously and stuff yes. yeah australia fair play to them super tight on road safety yeah and good because until about five years ago everyone had a v8 or a v6 yeah, yeah. like when i first moved here and i was like the, i mean the, the love affair with holden and ford was was pretty big yeah like even like the camry yeah the camry's a v6 as standard like yeah, yeah. you I went to the UK and I hired a Hyundai i20 because I was a dull fuck and it came with a 1.2 which mm. is absolutely gutless that wasn't even the smallest engine that came with that car in the UK mm. here they start at 2 litre right just Australian cars are just they're just bigger and they're faster yeah I mean there's more room to cover and Mad Max in it yeah. Yeah. it's the last of the V8 interceptors that's it uh, 1975 and inertia reel seat belts are mm. fitted to the front seats of all new cars sold in Australia yeah, right. By law. Um, so that's pretty neat. Yeah. Safer seatbelts. Um, can you very, very quickly explain what inertia reel is for people? Uh, it's So I'm not 100% sure because also later there was the, the, the idea of the seatbelt pretensioner comes up. Oh, pre- so I'm thinking of pretensioner. Yeah, so was I. I think inertia reel is more about like you can pull it at a certain angle or a certain direction or it like retracts itself back to the point where it hits that equilibrium oh, yeah, I don't know anymore. do you know what I'm trying to say like you put the seatbelt on and then it like pulls the rest of the belt back into the reel yeah it, it, it tightens itself back up yeah yes and then when, when there's an impact it will stop it from letting you fall forward with that impact whereas the pretensioner yeah. I think is the thing that stops you from being able to just yank it it's they're basically the same thing from what I can tell yeah a pretensioner is a mad good thing yeah um which is the next item on the list Sick. uh in 1981 mercedes-benz uh with a driver's airbag in a passenger car for the first time as well as the seatbelt pretensioner yeah that i mentioned so yeah uh, yeah like you say pretensioners where if you ever try and pull a seatbelt real quickly you'll yeah. know it's like locks up yes that's a pretensioner i think the inertia reel is similar yeah inertia reel sounds right like it's the thing that automatically tightens it or just stops it from going yeah i look I couldn't find it. I tried to find because there was a link to inertia reel was a link to something, but it was a patent that was no longer on the internet. Yeah, yeah. So no. I was like, "Fuck it, it's Tabru. Tabru. I'm not digging. Yeah. I'm not doing research. I'm yeah. just going to regurgitate an article. Pretty much. That's how we do. Uh, it. 1991. A couple of big, big notes coming through. First up is Toyota, with the first appearance of rear view cameras. Something I can barely huh. live without on my car. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's reversing. So nice. Yeah, like I could turn around. Oh, like I, I know, I know how. 
yeah. but I like having it because I, I can wanna. Ma- I can maximize how much of the space I'm using with it. Yeah, like I am. I'll say something that I think um, is egotistical, narcissistic, mm. but true. Yeah, I'm fucking great at parking. Okay, like I'm fucking good at parking. Reverse parallel and reverse bay. With a camera, I am unstoppable. God tier. It is just ridiculous <laughs> how easy it is to park. S rank Parker Elliot. Yeah. I'm the final boss of parking. <laughs> I like to think of myself as a good driver full stop for parking. Shit. It's the tits. I'm just trying to think of a Dark Souls driving game. <laughs> have you never heard of Bloodborne Kart? No, we're going to talk about this later because this is not a detour I want to have right now. I like the the car metaphor that you keep winding through this. Dude, the the, the team I'm in... Really driving at home. The team I'm in at work, and I named it, is called Pit Crew. And of course my brain is firing with car puns all day, every day. Yeah. I also like the used firing, um, like on all cylinders. Yes. Good. I'm a nerd. Uh, So, we also saw Volvo 1991 again ahead of the pack. Can I guess? Go on. Is it the side impact protection system? It is. The side... Impact protection system that is amazing. Yeah, it's uh, a fucking. I'm about to say a rad feature. That's not probably the words to describe it, but it's a fucking brilliant yeah. bit yeah, of Yeah, and they just put it in a bunch of cars, and then they improved that again in 1994 with side impact airbags. Yeah, so, and that's so got like the curtain airbag. It just yeah. Well, the the side the SIPS the side impact protection system from '91 was more about like the crumple zones yeah. in the side of the car and how it like just falls apart to protect the people. Yeah. I have to explain to Katie recently, because mm. um, we were talking about something. I didn't have to explain. It makes it sound like she was not. Well, I was talking to Katie recently about yeah. what crumple zones are and why they're important. Yeah. And like, it it seems at first mad when you think like, if you've got 10 foot of solid steel between me and it, it's safer. Yeah. And it's like, actually, it's really not. It's actually <laughs> so much more dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah, let, yeah. The, let the car collapse and absorb the impact. Yeah. It's... It, Crumple Zone's so smart. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. Um, the next few here, we're going to go through pretty quick because I didn't write much for them. Uh, you've heard of ANCAP, right? Mm-hmm. The Australasian New Car Assessment Program. Yeah, we use NCAP in the UK. Yeah. Uh, ANCAP, safety rating, very, very common here. Uh, it kicked off in 1993, that organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1995, Electronic Stability Control came out. So just quickly, ANCAP are the guys that do all the crash testing and stuff and yes. say, like, this is how safe the car yeah. is. They gave the Ford Mustang, the new one, two, two stars out of five, and the police cancelled all their orders for yep. them. The Mustang has had a two-star rating for some time. <laughs> there was a safety rating for a car that I wanted to buy in the UK, the 1980s Capri. And one safety reviewer called it worse than deadly. <laughs> 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 it, will, is, it will kill everyone around you. Yeah, it's like it, it, it will kill you, but then also your ancestors will die because of it. Yeah. Also, it will tear a hole in the space-time yeah. continuum. <laughs> he calls a black. It's like CERN. It's, it might cause a black hole. Singularity. <laughs> Fuck. Ah. Oh, good times. Yeah. All right. What I was trying to say. 1995 electronic stability control. Yep. Uh, first appearing in a Mercedes Benz S-Class limousine. Hmm. So we all about no, that. Anything to say about that? Yeah. Nope. No. Uh, Volvo again, two thousand four. Boom. The first blind spot information system. Two thousand four. So yeah. that would be one of those little like lights on your. On uh, your... So I'm I'm not sure if it was that. It says it said here that um, it uses reversing cameras and motion sensors to let you know about anything in your blind spot. So it might have indicated it on the wing mirror. It might have been huh. something else like on the 
display yeah this is what 2004 they might have had a screen they could put that on yeah yeah. well they had they already had rear view cameras so they would have had a screen of some kind i mean rear view cameras were invented they they weren't common until like the mid 2000s 14 years after yeah, but I mean, like, you've owned cars from before 2012. They didn't from have the, reversing cameras, did they? From the before times. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a Ford car. That thing has nothing. Is that you, you only owned, did you only own a Ford car before your... Before my Focus. Yeah. My first Focus. Yeah. I didn't even know Ford car was a thing. Oh, the newer ones. K-A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, this, this was, like, one of the old ones. Well, like, the ones that were first released in, like, the 90s. The, yeah, the little bubble boys. I, they're so rare over here. Yeah, they're so rare. Hey, they suck. Don't get one. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> why they're rare. They were so popular in the you UK. Know, you know, they're like headphone adapter into a tape deck joint. Yeah. Had to use one of those. Classics. With it. Yeah. Oh, man. It wasn't good. Do you remember fitting aftermarket radios? Man. <laughs> Didn't do that. <sighs> Got rid of that. Didn't car. miss out. Nope. Uh, 2005 uh, saw specifically the Citroen C6 and the Jaguar XK come out with pop up bonnets. Uh, I'd never heard of this, but it means that if the car hits a pedestrian, the bonnet pops up to absorb some of the impact. Huh. Yeah. That seems to be one of the big things about um, car safety in the recent years is not the car, car safety, yeah, not it's the pedestrian yeah, safety. Not, not the car to car impact, but if yeah. you hit a man standing on the side of the road, does the man die? Yeah, pretty much. And then have you seen the front of like a Jeep Wrangler that's got that big fucking foam bumper that is just going to take your knees out? <laughs> Or, yeah. any, or any any fucking four wheel drive with the big bull bars on the front. It's like, oh, you want to hit me with a fence? Oh, bull bars, bull bars, bull bars um, are just the most dangerous thing for pedestrians. Yeah, I remember and, growing up, my parents would be like, "Watch out, that car's got a bull bar." Yeah, and like <laughs> every motherfucker is driving a four wheel drive or an SUV in the suburbs. Yeah, stop it. You're not a farmer. Yeah, you also do not need the snorkel on your car. No, no. Yeah. Get going a, through the car wash is not going to flood your engine. Just get a fucking hatchback or a sedan and settle down. Or you can choose to get the uh, absolute premier version of any car, which would be wagon form. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know me. Excuse me. If a wagon's available. <laughs> you get a wagon. Get a wagon. Oh, I love a wagon so much. God. Okay. Um, let's go back to this because we're almost done. 2009. Volvo. Uh, hey. Emergency brake assist. Oh, so that's... Automatically applying the brakes to prevent a collision if the driver fails to. Yeah, like radar braking. Provided you're going less than 30 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Um, what a mad idea that is as Dude, well. apparently my car has it, but I'm afraid to test it. Oh, yeah, I'd never try it out. <laughs> they, I don't know if mine does, but certain Subarus, maybe even the generation before mine, yeah. had what was called eyesight, which was radar braking. And I'm just right. like, good? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm good. Glad it has it. Yeah. Never going to find out yeah, it does. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's like little sensors on the front. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, there's something there. Stop. I'm not even going to look in the manual just in case it does have it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know. Yeah, no thanks. Um, 2011. We had a few bangers that year. Uh, Volvo again with the good stuff. Mm. A pedestrian detection system. Um, so basically the same as emergency brake assist, but specifically designed to detect a person yeah, in front of the car. Yeah, something smaller. Yeah. Um, electronic stability stability control uh, became mandatory in Australia for all new cars. Yeah, as no of shit. 2011. Uh, and adaptive cruise control was introduced um, that's, the, that's the same as radar braking but cruise control basically well yeah adjusting the cruising speed to keep a safe distance mm. between vehicles like my car doesn't do that mine doesn't do that no and mine's from like 2018 yeah <laughs> not <laughs> um 2012 volvo's added again passenger airbags they only came out in 2012 yeah it's like a standard feature i guess it's gotta be a standard feature yeah 
Um, and since 2012, it's honestly just like refinements and combinations of these systems for yeah. like smaller improvements as opposed to like here's this brand new feature um, as well as incorporating more like software and computer vision mm. um, into things like predicting collisions yep. and, and adjusting the car, having the car respond on its own. The latter stuff kind of freaks me out because I build software and I don't trust it. Um, yeah, no. and it and that kind of stuff only really works when everyone's car has that kind of shit in it or and when you go all the way to like autonomous cars that only really works when everyone has autonomous cars yeah having to account for humans in the system makes it so much more risky i would never use autonomous driving no i don't think even if they were like it works and yeah. it works yeah i'd still be like i'm just gonna not yeah um, partly because I like driving but partly because I don't trust I, I like dude don't get me started on Tesla's fucking autopilot nonsense ugh. like go and look at all the weird ways that's failed to detect things correctly and, and then and kill, kill people kill people yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's every time as well it's never like and it had a small bump well, there, it there was, kills there someone there was fucking one when it, when it like incorrectly there was like a truck or something and it detected it as something different and accelerated into it Christ what the fuck is going on don't get me wrong like for all the stuff that we say, mm. like we both are quite in agreement of like Elon Musk is the word that we don't say on here. Yeah. You know, both of us hate him. He's a bell end. Neither of us are interested in Tesla because I think I'm in agreement. You're in agreement with me here that they're ugly as sin. They're not nice looking cars. I, I think they look fine and they've done a lot for like getting electric vehicle technology out there. That That's my thing. Is that I think that they're still impressive. Mm. Like what they've done is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. They are impressive in ways that like it. it it's blown other car makers out of the water for a reason. Yeah. But... I don't want to support it. It's them. still... Yeah. yeah, I don't want to support it. And it's still a long way behind from being like, hey, yeah. it can drive itself. It mm. can't. That's just not true. Mm. Yeah, you want a vehicle that feels like it's driving itself? Go get on a fucking train. Get a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Go get a Polestar, previously a Volvo subsidiary. Yeah, previously Volvo's like AMG in-house mm. like sports subsidiary. And now they're just like, let's make electric vehicles get fucked. I saw one of the Polestar 2s the other day. It was really? being loaded onto the back of a breakdown truck. Oh, <laughs> no. That ran out of juice or if it was just broken down, but oh, it was quite funny. no. But still, uh, it's beautiful. Hey, I don't think you said safe at any point through that presentation. Damn. Well, I've got two um, safety features uh -huh. that you might be interested in. Okay. That are interesting. Okay. Should we go and find out about them? Let's do it. One, which is, do you know what Citroen DS is, the old one? I can't picture it, but I think I've heard of it. If I showed you it, you'd know exactly what yeah. it is. It's like long and bubbly. Sure. Very weird looking okay. French car okay. from the 60s. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I should show you, you a bit. You're going to show me something that looks like the Homer? It's <laughs> not too far off. But you, you'll know it when you see it. Um because it's it's so iconic. Mm -hmm. um, here it is. Oh, yes. So this is from DS. Yeah. This car was so ahead of its time, it had things like electric windows. Oh, yeah, nice. In the 70s and the 60s. Um, one of the other things it had was um, adaptive headlights that when you turn the wheel, the lights turn. Dude, my car does that. It's so neat. It's so neat, <laughs> but it was invented by them in the 70s. That's crazy. Yeah. The other one that reminded me of it was um mercedes benz for a while mm. um on their like s class and sls and stuff like that mm -hmm. were putting in a night vision camera in the um in the front yeah so that when you're driving down dark roads 
you could see, you could look down to get like extra security because of the night vision yeah, camera. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Jeremy Clarkson's like, I had it on my car. I wanted to try it out. So I was driving down this dark road, just slowly crawling like up like a, a track near where I live. Yeah. I turned my lights off and turned the night vision camera on. And it came with a warning that said, night vision mode not available when lights are switched off. Huh. What's the point then? <laughs> yeah. Just what that, a stupid feature. I mean, I imagine that's trying to disincentivize people away from being doing creeps what he was or doing. driving unsafely. Yeah. But still. Yeah. What a what an what an annoying what an annoying safety feature. That is a little bit. I've only mm. gone through half this beer. You've smashed that. Uh it was delicious yeah. and I mean I was I didn't talking. need a better reason than yeah, that. Well. Yeah. There's that. Phenomenal. Mm. Um I wish I'd said safe then. Um Safe. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't really have anything to add. Like, you know, all this is very serious, but it is also like wild. And a lot very of this, I was just surprised, like how long some of these have been around. Yeah, but also how new some of them actually are that now feel so not ubiquitous. Mainly, like in Australia, again, safety features are very heavily regulated. If yeah, you're, if you're buying a new car, they have to have all these boxes ticked. They're really hot on it. Um, which means, at least as far as I've noticed, you don't see a lot of old cars on the road because new cars have to have all these features and the way that prices and stuff work, you're disincentivized to have older cars. Yeah, well, you, you see old, old cars. Yeah, but they'll be like club cars. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. like yeah, so you see classics. Yeah. But yeah, you don't see many like you cars mean, from like 1999. Yeah, yeah, because like insurance costs go up, registration costs go up. Yeah. Um, it's also... I think I don't know because we've been left the UK and New Zealand for a very mm. long time and New Zealand I assume market wise is fairly analogous to Australia fairly similar sure um, but I feel like also there's just so many incentives now for people to get rid of cars that are from oh, yeah. like the 90s yeah. that's kind of the other reason you don't see them because the other thing is buying a used fairly new car these days mm. is e well prior to COVID is easier and cheaper than ever mm. so much so that like i could go out today it's three thirty now yeah i could probably go somewhere now and have a new like last two three years car keys mm. in my hand in before 5 p.m and it would be very affordable right because that because they, they you know i could go like it wouldn't be anything special but it might be like a master three or whatever yeah because they've made it so that because of these important things like the safety and the mm. environmental impact and stuff like yes. that, they're making it easier and easier to buy. And then like in the UK, they had these things where they were like um, incentivized scrappage schemes for right. older cars, which means that a lot of cars that may or may have turned into classics and stuff like, mm. you know, um, things like uh, like Mark III Fiestas and right. um, um older uh, slightly newer versions of escorts and stuff mm -hmm. like that and old, old mondeos gone because it was like well it was like 10 years into their life start into their lifespan there was still plenty of them around yeah. and the government incentivized scrapping them and they give you money towards a newer car yeah so people were just like yeah fuck it, let's do that but it does mean that now they're actually rare yeah um you imagine mark three fiesta being a rare car do you know um you can't buy old fiestas here they mm. are, um, they're just not, I don't think they were ever a thing really. No. But like, if I look on here now, um, let me just clear that. Well, I think that, that was like partially why I got such a good trade in on my last focus is because 
they didn't really sell that many of them in a manual. Yeah. No, and so I they were like, that. hey, we can probably still sell this for a decent amount. So there's not a single Ford car for sale. Great. There shouldn't be. New or old. They like, suck. I mean, like even the newer ones. But like the the, the oldest Fiesta on here um, is from 2004. Mm. Yeah. Actually, looks pretty rad. 1.6 petrol. Mm-hmm. Look at this little rad boy. I oh, want it. Yeah. If it wasn't the, an auto. The black Fiesta with a big wide orange stripe down the middle. Yeah. The orange, orange wheels. wheels. That's sick. Hell yeah. I kind of want that. Damn it, now I've made myself sad. Yeah. I've got a car. I don't need a car. No. Obviously, I need yeah. a car. But... You just bought a house. Yeah, I know, but I can't drive that. Well, you've made a poor choice then. You should have bought a house you can drive. You know. A Winnebago. Yeah. <laughs> Live that nomad lifestyle. Do you reckon you could get a mortgage on that? I don't think so. You'd be looking at a car loan. But what if it was really expensive and you're like, it's a dwelling? Uh... That's complicated. Ask a bank. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm not a financial advisor. That's a, a thing that she generally think about. Like, have you ever been in like a big motorhome? No, not really a big one. Like camper van sort of thing. Yes, because yeah. my, my, my uncle and aunt bought one and then they were like staying out the front of my parents' house. So I've seen the inside of like that kind of thing. So when you say camper van, what are we, are we talking like, like a VW Combi type thing? No, like... Uh, like you don't really see them so much here very common in new zealand um that people like tourists will just rent them and drive them around they're like yeah basically I think, I think like thinking the same thing yeah they're like, like mobile a, homes they're, yeah they're like yeah but like not to the not to the extent of like big american rv sort of big long rectangle type joint it's more uh-huh. like the size of a ford transit van with a big forehead yeah okay, like, so it, has, it has like, it has like the, the the big bulbous bit at the front where there's a bed tucked up in it above Uh, the driver's seat okay no so what i'm thinking of is yeah more towards the rv style where it's not like a van that's been converted it is a thing that's been created from that way from the start yeah safety features in those we we hired one of those when we're in california Mm. there's no seat belts and shit like in a lot of it there uh we sat around the table playing cards while we were driving and we just sat around like a bench seat yeah um this was 2000 and Five thousand six mm. as well. This wasn't like yeah, old. Amer- America's crazy for that. Sort America's of stuff. the wild west. Take, America's take your freedoms. That's freedom it. To not wear a seatbelt. Yeah. Freedom to not have one. Well, when we took delivery of it, or maybe that was the one in New York. They we got Mercedes B. No, not Mercedes B. It was like G class or something. Mm. It was like a big. Oh no, we had a Dodge, and it doesn't matter. Like that was yeah. a big like seven seater thing. Um, but guy was like uh, to my stepmom. He's like, okay, ma'am. Uh, we'd ask you we'd suggest you don't put your feet up on the uh, on the dash I don't know why people do that anyway full stop that's yeah, just weird dangerous as fuck but also like I mean I guess it's because I don't fit but he's yeah. like we suggest you don't put your feet up on the dash and I was surprised by that first start and he's like I mean you can do what you want but if you're in, in case of an impact your knees will go through your head and I was correct. like correct the fact that you have to have that conversation with somebody and also that it's not just like don't do it it's like you can do it if you like yeah but here's what will happen. Yeah. Make an informed, America. stupid decision. Yeah. Ask your doctor about the drugs that you want rather than being prescribed. Yeah. It's the country of it. Oh, well. Anyway. Safe. I don't really have anything else. Uh, me neither. Wicked. Yeah. Um, I want to get out of this room. It's, it's, starting to get, it's starting to get warm after I turn the AC off. Yep. To keep the fan noise away. Follow us on all the socials. Yes, uh, please. Hey Brew Podcast, Instagram, linked, not LinkedIn. No, fuck. Are you kidding? Can you imagine? Could you imagine posting about this on LinkedIn? Uh, 
no, I was going to no, say yes. My LinkedIn could, is rubbish. Your, your but job yeah. is kind of marketing events and things. Yeah, but my LinkedIn is trash. Anyway. You actually do things with yours, to be fair. Occasionally. People always send me stuff on LinkedIn. I'm like, you just scrolling LinkedIn. Yeah. I look like, at it sometimes just to be like, oh, yeah, this is still shit. I hate LinkedIn so much. Anyway. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Haybrew sure. Podcast. Mike, what's the email address? Uh, it's hello at Haybrew.zone. Send us some shit. Please. Please, please, please. Yeah. Um, Send us your favorite safety feature that we forgot to mention. Yeah. Or best story of a car impact. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. Good car crash stories. Yeah. Um, Actually, my mom was in a car crash. Not, not like a major collision, but like... So... Like in, recently? No, like when I was a kid. Oh. So... When I was quite young, we lived in this town called Picton in New Zealand, top end of the South Island. I know of it. It's like 5,000 people. Right in the middle of town, essentially, as you drive in, is a cricket oval yep. that is also a roundabout around the outside of it. <laughs> um, and obviously, it's a roundabout. You can only go one way around. But because it's so big, sometimes tourists will drive onto it the wrong way, not realizing what the fuck is going yeah, on Yeah, they there. just think it's a square. Yeah, So and but also because it's a cricket oval, you've got trees sort of in the corners to make it more of a square shape. So it, it is sometimes a bit of a blind corner and mum was going around that. Someone who just picked up their rental car was going the wrong way around the fucking thing and right in the front. Ugh, but it's but it's like low speed impact. So yeah, it was right. fine. Um, but yeah, that's a, I, I've never been in any sort of... Oh, I, I got run into. Um, I got my back door smashed in. Um, and then <laughs> like I, yeah. And then someone hit my car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, my first car, uh, when I arrived in Australia, my um, Subaru Forester, which I loved, but mm. admittedly was dying and you could smell petrol in it all the time. And right. that's not a great sign. And it was like, I need a new car and this one is going to get me about $300 trade in. And then someone ran to the back of it and I was like, ah, woo. <laughs> More but, than $300. <laughs> yeah. But like three days before I posted on Facebook a picture of me. I'd just done all my Christmas booze shopping. Uh-huh. So the boot was stacked full of slabs and stuff. And then two days later, there's a picture of the same car boot just absolutely decimated. And so obviously people were like, is this related to the other photo? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So listen to us on any of your podcast um, apps of choice. Yes. Um, and leave a rating or review there if you want to. And tell a friend. Do it. I think that's probably the best way yeah for us to find tell your friends listeners. get them to tell their friends yeah all right yeah anything else uh no sick all right <laughs> this has been um vaguely episode shaped hey bro yes i've been elliot i've been mike cheers cheers well here's warm in there isn't it yeah oh, i really kind of need to get some food in me i had some um breakfast bagel Mm. But I realized that was nine o'clock. What time is it now? Like three? 20 to four. Fuck off. I mean, probably got some chips or something. Uh. <laughs>